Welcome to Real Women Real Estate episode six of season two. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> I'm Kimberly. I'm Ebony. I'm Courtney. And today we have a special guest. Well, every week is a special guest, but this is an extra special guest today. But before I introduce her, let me read the quote of the day. What you do makes a difference and you have to decide what kind of difference you want to make by Jane Goodall. So let's welcome Queena Johnson to the show. Hi, Queena. Hello. So Queena, most known to, to everyone as Queen, is a Dallasite, native Dallasite. She is a master plumber and construction safety manager by trade who soon realized working for someone 40 plus hours a week was not getting her closer to her goal of doing voluntary mission work and disaster relief which then sparked her interest in real estate. She jumped into real estate in September of 2015 after reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad and joined his program in Mastermind. With her mentor's guidance, she was able to get her first deal under contract subject to in December of 2015. Y'all, that's major. That's three months later. And sell it through her through owner finance. Since then, she's been involved in over 80 plus real estate transaction and has been full-time going on two years now. She thoroughly enjoys partnering with other investors who share her core values of care and integrity and align very well with her professionally. Her goal is to grow her real estate and plumbing business by continuing to creatively solve problems for clients in need. Hi, welcome to the show. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you. First of all, Queen, I just want to say like sometimes people like get really ambitious when they name their kids stuff. You know, I'm not gonna throw nobody under the bus, but like you have such like a glow about you. Like, no, no, I'm just saying, like your name, like Queen, like it just fits you. I just wanted to give you that. Thank you. Yeah, my mama named me. I'm named after my mom, remember? actually. That's awesome. It's easy to remember, yeah, of course. Some folks be like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. So let's jump right in, Queen. You are a plumber. That is very rare to see a woman, let alone a Black woman, be a plumber. So what made you choose that profession and how did you begin your business? I actually prayed about it. So I was in high school and I was like contemplating either doing, I didn't know what to do. I was thinking about going to school to be a pharmacist, actually. So I was going to go to college, but I was like, I get so wrapped up in learning. I love to learn. So I knew I would be the person I would be in college for the next 25 years, literally. So I prayed about it because I didn't want to be in a lot of debt and things like that. And I wasn't sure what to take up. And like our Bible study was um, literally talking about the next like Sunday. Our study was on taking up secular education versus higher education, trade schools and vocational schools. And so I, I prayed about that because I was like, well, what's a what's a trade school? Because I didn't know it was a vocational school. And the literally the next day, that Monday, I was back in school and our teacher was talking about jobs that would be in demand. And, you know, of course, nursing, engineering, all that came up. And then the recruiter for the union was also there too, talking about how the plumbers are basically retiring, will be retiring in the next 10 years and how plumbing is going to be a major need for the next few years to come because so many plumbers are retiring. Um, they had came up in age. So I was like, well, you shouldn't have to go to school to be a plumber. And they talked about, you know, earn while you learn. And I'm like, oh, okay, so you get paid. And so I, I went to um, take the test because you have to take like an entry level test. 
I took the test and I did well on the test. And they were like, when can you start? You know, we got a job lined up for you now. And I was like, well, I'm in high school. So just call me when I graduate. And the day I graduated was the day they gave me a call and lined me up with a job. And, you know, I never stopped working since then, actually. Wow. That's dope. That's dope. First of all, because I've never met a female plumber, let alone a black one. So when I was thoroughly impressed when I met you and you were like, I'm a plumber. I was like, what? <laughs> that is amazing. What is the normal reaction you get from people like me? <laughs> when you what tell you them that you're a master plumber. Yeah, what you did, literally what you just did, a, a lot of people, they question it. They don't believe it. And especially when I go to like the plumbing supply house and you know, they, they're like, how can I help you, ma'am? And I'm like, this is what I need. And I give them my list and they're like, oh, you're a plumber plumber, you know? Yeah. So, and then they, they, you know, their tune changes, you know, but getting past that first gap, you know, oh my God. How is it in the male, along that lines, being in a male dominated field like that? In the beginning, I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie. It was, it was, it was a challenge. You know, you get bullied for a lot of different stuff or whatever. And it's a good old boy. Can we, can I say that? Yes. Oh, no. Free. Speak freely. Okay. So, <laughs> it is definitely good old boy all day. Like, okay. you know, if anything, it's dominated, male dominated, and it's white male dominated, straight up. So, a lot of them would say, you know, you have several things against you. You're young, you're black, and you're a girl. So, and it's like, dog, you know, like, I'm not even thinking about that, you know, but it, it was it was a challenge. But, you know, I like proving people wrong. That's why I stuck with it. Was it say like that? And you haven't, and it hasn't stopped your paper. No, one of the at that time, like the director, because um, third year in, I was a third year apprentice. They wanted me, they promoted me to safety, and I was like, okay, I'll just, you know, I prayed about that, and I was like, okay, I'll do it as long as I don't, you know, lose my hours. And and so the director did not like that, the director of the school, and he's like, I want to make sure you don't get through. You're not gonna, you know do well you're not going to get your license and he just said all this foul stuff and because I had the backing of the company I worked for Brent at that time especially with the boss of the company at that time this the S the senior vice president was definitely like very supportive you know I was able to get through that for sure so yeah. that's what's up so we are Will in real estate and we talk about how women get involved in real estate so what was like the bridge from you being a plumber to you investing in real estate? So before I was going to do that, because I'm in safety now, so I'm like traveling all over Texas, good looking at construction job sites and, you know, thinking I'm living my best life and I'm, I'm on my way to a job in Midland. And I don't know if y'all know Midland six hours away. One way. So I'm driving. And I'm like, man, is this is is this what I'm gonna be doing for the rest of my life? You know, so I started freaking out a little bit. <laughs> and um, my best friend uh, at that time, he called me and he's like, you know, what's going on? I was like, man, we should start our own company. Let's start our own business. Cause he had got his master license as well. At that time, I went on ahead and got my master's. Um, he's like, well, I need you to read this book. <laughs> I was like, what, what book? You know, he said, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Just read it, let me know what you think of it. And I said, I'm not reading that book. I don't even know what that book's about. She's, he's like, just listen to it on your way to Midland. I said, all right. So I listened to it and it changed my whole thought process. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, <laughs> makes a lot of sense, dog. And so, you know, once you get in, you like, you, I listened to it on YouTube. 
And so that that whole tracking pixel, you know, then I started getting um, those Facebook ads to join the seminar and all that mess. And that's literally how I got into it. We both actually went to the seminar. He didn't sign up. I ended up signing up for it and just jumping into it. So you took the leap once once they showed you how it worked at the Rich Dad Poor Dad seminar. You was like, yes, let's do it. Let me get a deal. Uh, well, they don't really show you how to, they, they sell you. So, you know, it's definitely a sales seminar. Let me just say it like that. So you go to the free training, it's a day, and then you pay for the three-day training. And um, I, I pay for that. And then they upsell you to the, you know, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 package. And uh, yeah. And I did went on. Do Which one did you do? I did it. Huh? Which one, the 20, 30, 40, or 50,000? Uh, just, I, I probably have spent well over $100,000 in my real estate investment education. Wow. That's, that's, and that's you were talking about, you didn't want to, you didn't want to go to pay the money to go to college. That's, right, 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 right. That's, I, I, that's, you know. that's, that's, a, that's a bachelor and master's degree. <laughs> in my school, it was. I mean, yeah, but it paid back, you know. You make That's money. what I was just going to ask. Do you feel like it was a worthy investment? Yeah, especially with the knowledge. Because, like, again, I like to learn. Yeah. And so I'm not just, a, oh, I've learned this. And, you know, I'm not going to do anything with it. I learn and apply. Yeah, which is more than I'm doing with my degree. So kudos. Um, <laughs> love you, Phoebe. Uh, but no, like, so one more question. I'm kind of off topic here, but, like, did you find your mentor at the, through the Rich Dad, Poor Dad um, mastermind? Or did you find like your, your mentor throughout another space? So good, good question. Because they had a mentorship attachment to it as well. And I went on ahead and signed up for that. But the person that they assigned you to, you know, every market is different. We'll just, you know, every market is different. And so the person at that time, they were, they will tell you what to do but they don't really tell you how to do it. They say, hey, you want to get leads? You got to market. And I'm like, well, what's marketing? I didn't even know what that was. And then I'm like, well, how do you market? I don't know what that is, you know? But I had went through like a couple of the, they're called the schools. I don't know what it's called, the classes. I had already gone through like two of the main classes, which was core at the time, or now I think it's called momentum. And then the other one was for wholesaling. And they're like, hey, make sure you go to your meetups. Make sure you go to your real estate investor meetups. And I'm like, okay, I don't even know what that is. So I Googled it because I'm like, I really need a mentor. I really need someone who's going to show me step by step, you know, what to do. And so I looked that up and I was in, I was working in Austin at the time at the Greenwater Project. So it was a good job. And um, I found the Austin real estate meetup. And so I, I went when I got off of work. And um, Phil and Chanel, I don't know if y'all are familiar with the big dogs in Texas. No? Okay. So they they have like three RIAs here. They have one in Dallas. They have one in Houston, one in Austin that they do. And I was there and Phil basically, you know, kind of showed like, these are the different ways you can get a deal. And there was like 12 different ways. And I was like, oh, wow. I didn't even know. I only know about wholesaling. I know, are you talking about Phil and Shinola Grove? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I was like, man, I wish that guy was my mentor. And so, you know, that turned into another upsell. (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say, I remember the upsell from those those of you. Yeah. 
But at the time, I was like, I need a mentor. So I went to the, the it's like a three-day event or something like that. And in the three-day event, though, he gives you the blueprint of what those, how those how-tos, you know. And then, you know, of course, they, they offered like one-on-one mentorship. And so I went on ahead and, and, and signed up for their mentorship. So another upsell. Yeah, which is fine because I got my first, I didn't want to be those. It took me a year to get my, I didn't, I'm not one of those chicks. It took me a year to get my first deal. Didn't want to say that. It took me nine months. Didn't want to do that because I was at month two and I still hadn't got traction. So obviously the education, the education I had gotten from Rich Dad wasn't helping as much. And so a month in with the big dogs, I got my first deal. Queen said, your time is ticking. (laughs) Yeah, months in, I need a deal. I need, yeah. I need, I was like, this needs to pay, this needs to pay. So, uh, yeah, so they showed me how to market, what that looked like, what to write. So, I sent out my first campaign as far as letters, and then I got a call, and I was like, oh crap. And I guess another investor had already talked to them, was like, yeah, we're open to do a subject too. And I was like, really? And I could just take over your payments, and they're like, yeah, and I was like, okay, uh, cool. How much money do you need? You know, and they're like, we we and we just need five thousand dollars. If you could come meet us tonight, we just need help with moving. And I said, okay. Uh, and I was in Austin, and this lead was in Dallas. I said, I'm on my way. And so <laughs> I drove from Austin to Dallas. I said, Mom. I called my mom because I say, Mom, I don't know what I'm doing, but I got a deal. You know, can you meet me at this address just to be safe? Because I didn't know. So my mom was like, yeah, I got you. I'll be there. So my mom met me. My mom what used to work for Countrywide. So she used to do a lot of their loan modifications. So she awesome. knew the lingo. She understood that. So we met with them at the table. She went over because they had gone through a loan modification. She went over their loan modification paperwork. She went over their mortgage, what their reinstatement was. And um, I really didn't know how to fill out a contract at that time. And so I just filled out what I could. And they signed and I took it to the title company and they, they filled in the blanks. They called them up and filled in the blanks, you know, for me. So that was my first deal. That's what's up. First of all, that's what's up that you already had a title company because that's already uh, an issue. You know, yeah, that's already a, yeah. a whole thing, you know. Well, not hard, but it's like hard you're, when you're first getting started. To know who's good. Yeah. yeah. I have a mentor. I just use my mentor's title company. Come right. on, using resources. She's like, I didn't, I didn't have those problems. It's where, that's, that's where that money comes from. That's what I paid for. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, Literally, yeah. Uh, here, it's blank. So can y'all fill in the rest? I, <laughs> they sign, you know. <laughs> and then the fact that you're a mom, like, used to work for Countrywide and knows, like, loss mitigation and loss, loan modification stuff. Like, that's major. Hello, clutch. Another yeah. sidebar. Is your mom doing, like, real estate investing now? Did you yeah. do her? Yeah, my mom, she's a notary. So she does a lot of signings uh, and loan signings for title companies and things like that. And so um, she would do those. Like I, used, I I was getting a lot of probate airship deals. And so was, she would was, she would help me with, you know, signing, getting the, you know, the documents notarized and things like that. But nah, she's not. She, my stepdad is a realtor. So she works a lot with him. Oh, y'all got a whole little network technically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's done some of my listings for sure. And then any um, any leads that come through that are really listing leads, I send them over to him. Mm-hmm. That's 
Come on, it's a family affair. I love it. Mm -hmm. So does plumbing help you with your real estate investing career? Like do those intertwine at all? They don't really. Um, it's it's always a good thing to bring it up to a seller because it makes you stand out. Um, so a couple of sellers that were actually investors have used my services. So I meet him at a house and, you know, um, if it's something that like one investor, he has started flipping and I was like, hey, I'm just letting you know, this is not up to code, you know, and just and I'll point certain things out to them because the company I used to work for, we're also a GC. So we would do a lot of stuff performance. And as a safety manager, you kind of have to know a little bit about everything and every kind of trade, you know, mm -hmm. to keep them safe and things like that. So I know a little bit about electrical. Of course, I know about plumbing, framing. And then, you know, as far as keeping things safe, of course, I know as far as safety codes are concerned. So I would, you know, bring that up. That helps out a lot knowing, okay, this is going to cost about this much, or we're going to have some foundation issues here because of this and things like that, things to consider and just let the client know what's going on. That's how they kind of intertwine. Now, because I've met a lot of investors whose guys or whose plumbers are messing up their jobs, basically. That didn't, I was like, I almost was about to say, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll give me a call. They'll send me a picture. Is this up the code? No, it's not. No, it's not. I think that goes to Courtney's question. That's one of Courtney's questions. Yeah, so <laughs> I have a client. We talked a little bit about this offline, but I had a client that decided to do the inspection waiver. Uh, they purchased the home and then there are some septic issues, right? There's some tree roots growing and things like that. And so tell me this, like from, from an inspection perspective, would you have caught some of those things? Would you have caught some of those things that are up to code and are not up to code? So some of my visual inspection, like an Asian visual inspection, when I'll go in and I'll flush some toilets, I'll look for leaks underneath the sink uh, mm -hmm. to make sure that uh, there's no leakage. I'll run like everything at the exact same time, uh, you know, sink as well as like shower, bath. What in addition would have caught that, if at all? Um, so they actually have people, depending on the state, because like I just actually did a deal in Louisiana and they this uh, before a sale, they, they have it's called a, a point of sale or something like that, where sometimes the city will come out and do an inspection as well. And they actually might have a, someone that's certified um, and qualified to actually inspect those. So me personally, I don't inspect septic systems in Texas because you actually have to have another type of license or certification attached to it or an endorsement to do it. Um, but yeah, you definitely have people that'll do those inspections for you and inspect your septic tanks. Yeah, you're right. It's like, I forget what it's called, but uh, specifically in some cities, you're right. They Before you actually change titles, you have to have uh, that clearance done, right? The septic and, and actually Oakland, it's called, it's a sidewalk clearance and things like that. So I was just curious, when you go through and visually inspect the house, what are some things that you look for uh, that you would catch? From a visual standpoint, like with some people, when they, some people ask me, hey, can you come and do a water test? And I said, well... Cause most times I don't really want to do it. Can you just do me a favor and open up your water meter? And if that little red dial isn't turning, you ain't got to leave. You know, that's <laughs> like, I'm not about to charge you $150 or $200. Cause really it's just more so for my time. So I got to go over there and, you know, open it up myself, you know, to say, nah, you ain't got to leak. But that's, that's from like a water supply, unless they really want it like on a hydrostatic test, you know, 
then that's you know that's a little bit more and then from a sewer standpoint you could get your sewer systems camera sewer lateral that's what it is it's called a sewer lateral <laughs> that's what i've been trying to say and i've been saying septic the whole time thank you oh and what's the other words you said oh, so, so that's the case a what's a hydro something hydrostatic yeah that's a okay. pressure test. that's when you literally pump you force more pressure into the line mm -hmm. yeah all of, all of that messed up you all of that you don't do that with the sewer system with the sewer no. system no no you never do that with the sewer system um for that you could have either had it cameraed mm -hmm. yeah because even a, a static test probably wouldn't have caught the roots that were growing in the line that's helpful. And assuring that I, I did my, you know, I did my, I did my due diligence in my agent visual inspection. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, that's only real, you know, real re way to catch it is through camera, camera line. Yeah, exactly. All right. So that's, that's, that's helpful. I appreciate that. That way, if we ever going through any of uh, any of our, our stuff, then we can go and take a look at that and know some things. I like the tip about the meter too. That was hot. So the other thing is, you know, like just partnering with people, right? So you mentioned that your your mentors and how you found them, and you also mentioned just like, hey, you know, I met these people, Rita, you know, it's about partnering with other people. You know, just talk to us a little bit about how you partner with people that are interested, you know, just the buying and selling and how you um, and how you meet them. Because specifically in your bio, you have I partner with people that have my same core values. Yeah. So can you talk about that? Like, what is that to you? As that's that's literally like the foundation of your business. If you're not following your core values, you're really setting yourself up to fail, period. So my core values are care, integrity, and professionalism, period. There are some investors, some people, we'll say people, because sellers are greedy too, that are very greedy. When anybody says period at the end, you already know it's with that emphasis, period. I know. <laughs> That don't care you know you just really got a lot of people that just care about the deal or care about the money they don't really care about help helping the other person out what you can do to assist you know so if they if they give me that vibe or if they literally just say i you know i just care that i'm making twenty thousand and the sellers you know you know making nothing or has to bring money to the table it's like we can't give them something like we can't help them out with something you know we can't pay your rent for the month like, you know, I, I don't like that. And it's, and, and I, and I, and I price dropping, you will hear some people will say it like that, no shade, say that, you know, I price drop regardless, whether I'm making a hundred thousand on the deal, 20,000, I'm going to price drop. Okay. And price dropping me, what do they mean when they say that? Oh, so that's when you get a property on the contract, you lock it up just for the sake of locking it up. Let's say the seller wants, it's worth 150. The seller wants you know, let's say the seller wants 70,000, which that's a good deal right right away, right? Depending on the condition of the property, we'll say that. If we're following the simple 70% rule minus repairs, blah, 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 it needs 20,000, whatever. So seller wants 70. So you're like, all right, cool, I can do 70, right? And you wholesale it, let's you mark it up, let's say you sold it for 85, so you're gonna make $15,000, okay? Some people will still go back to the seller and say, hey, that's not going to work. Can we get to 60? Even though they already have it locked up under contract with another buyer, they've already made money on the deal. Okay. So that's price dropping. Shady. 
Never knew that's what that was called. I never knew that was what it was called either. Some people will just lock it up just to lock you up. And I tell sellers that, hey, just be careful. Some people lock it up just to lock you up and then they'll come back and price drop you. That's like the moving companies. It's a ripoff. They say they're going to come and move your whole house for X amount of money after you gave them all this information. And then you get there and it's like three, four, five thousand dollars more. Triggered, 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 big, yeah. pregnant, and triggered. Nagla. <laughs> and so, and then, and with some things, it, it you know, you, you, if things do come up, like in an inspection where we didn't count count for termites, like that's something different. I'm just saying those that just do it for the sake of just being greedy. That's what I mean when I say it. Yeah, it happens a lot in the appraisal, right? So you lock somebody up in a contract, but the appraisal comes back way lower than what you thought it would be, which isn't happening in this crazy market. But, you know, that would also cause um, that price to drop. Yeah, that's so, not necessarily yeah, on you, though. No. That's a third party no. inspection. And, so, and that's one man's opinion, too. But that one man's opinion is uh, our woman. His opinion is, I mean, it holds everything, holds everything right in the um, in the palm. So that is a trigger. So now in COVID, they're doing drive-by inspections here, like almost uh, waivers. So we're getting pretty much guaranteed appraisals, right, on the asking price, which is nuts. So it's happening man it's happening so that's that's really good so just kind of moving in out of you know you've done you've done quite a bit of deals right you've done like 80 plus transactions and you know we always like to just kind of break down a deal and so you know talk to us about what what um you know what taught you the most and then let's dive into it okay okay let me see I mean, all the ones you lose teach you the most, but uh, don't Facts. Facts. <laughs> facts are the most difficult ones, huh? I said, or the most difficult ones. I was saying facts, the ones that you lose on teach you the most, but also the more difficult ones. Yeah, yeah. So uh, okay, so I, okay, so when, what what year is this? Okay, so 2019. I I have something. I have drivers on the road. They have their sign on my sign on their car uh, with an extension. So one of my drivers brought me a deal. And it was, it was end up being a realtor who was talking to a seller and turned out to be a wholesaler. So a wholesaler. And it was a 10 package deal. Oh, come on, my bad. Can we just back up? When you say you have your sign on the on the car, is this like plumbing or what do you mean by that? No, it's Can just you expand? Like, we buy houses. Okay. Okay. I you gotcha. have you have paid or you have people that just put their signs on your car. And yeah, then... and they get paid off of the calls that come in. And then if we do get a deal, they get a percentage of the deal. On their car. Off just their from car. driving around. Yeah, drive like you normally drive. Okay, that's All incentive. Right. That's incentive right there. That was worth diving into right there. All right, my bad. All right. <laughs> so one of my drivers, they brought she brought a deal. Um, Cause I also tell them, hey, if you have any referrals, let us know. And ended up being, it was a realtor and a wholesaler that came together and they had a, it was a, at that time it was 10 or 12 package property deal. And uh, I was like, oh, I don't know, but I'm gonna figure this out, you know. So met with the wholesaler just to get to know. Him. I was like, hey, want to get to know, blah blah blah. And you know, I always lead with my core values. You're like, these are my core values. End up being that it was a nonprofit. There, the last person that was a part of the nonprofit was retiring. Everyone else had died. He was ready to sell sell everything and just retire. And I was like, okay, but there were elderly people that lived in these properties. 
he wanted a way to take care of them in a sense or help them transition to like another area or another assisted living or something, you know? So I actually have a friend that's in that business and in that industry because the wholesaler wanted to make sure that those people were taken care of as well. So I was like, okay, we align our core values align. You care, you have integrity, you know, I appreciate that. So I actually uh, let them meet my friend that was connected in that, that part of the business. And so she's like, here, basically, this is what I do. Depending on if, you know, on the, their income, I, I can attach whatever program they'll fit as well as to get them transitioned over. And so I was like, all right. So I was like, I've never done a 10 package deal ever. And he's like, well, actually two of these houses I want uh, for myself, I want to buy them myself. I was like, okay, well, we can work something out. You know, so I ended up taking on 10. He, it was 12 total. I took on 10 and he, he got the two that he wanted. So I was like, I don't like South Dallas. You can have those. I'll take the ones in Oak Cliff. Plus, how did 10, 10 deals? I mean, 10 properties. Mm -hmm. Tell us how roundabout, how much that cost. The valuation, um, it ended up being about 400,000. That you were paying? Mm -hmm. Three or 400 this is two years ago. Okay. So I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna figure this out. Cause they were great deals. They were all great deals. But when we closed, the seller went behind our backs and signed new leases with everybody for a year. And so now I have- Wow. But why? I don't know. I, I don't know. So now I'm stuck, you know, kind of with these deals. And there's a tenant in, in these deals, in these homes that were, we were actually had already reached out to them to help them transition. You know, that was kind of the contingency, honestly, was to, to, to help them, con you know, transition out. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just figure this out. So we came up with a game plan. One of the units was already vacant. So I was like, all right, let's just go ahead and list this one and sell it. Cause now I'm on a, I'm really on a time crunch to make something happen. Cause my loan for my private lender was only good for a year and now I have a year in leases that have been signed and so I, I reached out to uh, my lender just so happened to um be the the person whose title company I also use a lot so going back to that network and those resources he was also an attorney of the title company so I'm like let me tell you what's going on and let me let me tell you the situation and then so he assigned me to a friend of his who was a real estate attorney and we kind of came up with a game plan about getting these people out. So the first round I did was offer cash for keys for everybody. You have an off, you can leave right now. You know, we had, we had already offered them money when we first talked to them and they were, you know, oh, okay, yeah, that's great. But now it really got serious. Like here's cash for keys. You haven't paid rent. You can leave now, get this or be evicted, you know? So two of them decided to leave. So I was like, all right, great. Got two people out. Now let's just work on those two deals. Okay. The next two, again, they didn't want to leave, but they weren't paying rent. So went through the real estate attorney, had to evict them. Okay. How many is that? Oh, two of the properties. Yeah. <laughs> two of the properties are actually land lots. So I sold those on the finance. So that's six. And then the other, the guy kept two. So that's eight. All right. So, she had 10, she had 10 total. He kept two right, so we have two more. Mm -hmm. It was total of 12, she said. Yeah, it was, it was about 12 properties total. Okay, that was 10. You own our finance lots, yeah. 
They're awesome. I love owner financing lots. Sorry, like we're, minds are working over here. Like, why, why didn't we think of that? Right. Like, <laughs> the, never thought, that's just so innovative. I would have never thought to own a finance a lot of. You know, builders, they're like, oh, I can get in this for cheaper. And then when I'm finished with my building, it sells. I can just pay you off when I sell. Yeah. That makes so much sense. It does. It's, it's their thought process, you know. They got to start building first, you know. <laughs> right. Okay, so you done, you got four. And then the two lots. And then the two, two lots. lots. Yeah, you have two, you have four left. Okay. okay, and then one of them, the tenant said, I bought this property. And so we lost the case. And so we had to appeal, go back. And it's a, it, you know, the, I found out a lot about the court system, just say it like that. If you buy, you know, property in your business, you have to have a representative. You cannot represent your business. You have to have an attorney, basically. And so the judge called for all parties to come forward. And it turned out that the lady had a old contract on the property like from 1995 but it was but she never got a deed she never closed and she never actually physically purchased the property but she did not want to show her paperwork but the judge because she was older you know she won again so we had to go back this is the third time we went back. This is the one I learned the most on because I didn't know, you know, you can go through all this. But the third time we go back and unfortunately it's the, the same judge because they they called, they wanted to call the original owner back as well. Well, he ended up not showing. So we lost again. Oh my God. That's three, two appeals. You lost the original and then the two appeals. Yeah. So then after that, that next process was the county process. So my attorney's like, hey, we're gonna win on the county process. She has to produce the paperwork and evidence. We have the evidence, she doesn't. So we go to county court and sure enough, the, the judge was like, hey ma'am, in order to even move forward, if you are looking to enter things into evidence, you have to, they have to see in order to provide a defense, she wouldn't do it. And so then we presented our case, pr produced the, warranty deed because I was going to file a title claim. Everybody was was about to really have it. Uh, warranty deed uh, as well as, you know, our title policy, things like that. Show that we won the case, but it literally took us 10 months to get her out. Oh my gosh. Wait, so 10 months after that or do this whole process? The whole process was about 10 months and then COVID hit and we couldn't evict her. Because of the Eviction moratorium. Eviction moratorium. Yeah, that's it. She's still there. No, she's not. We got her out. This was last year. <laughs> Those core values, though. <laughs> oh, Man, I feel bad. So challenging because I'm like, I don't want to say what I was thinking, but I was just like, dude, that's the best time to have white people on your side, though. I tell you what, they were fighting for me. I have to. <laughs> That's huh? the, right. the principle of it. Yeah. 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 And that owner, the, the owner that you bought from grimy as hell to even do that. And then he kept two of them. And then he was a no-show at court. Well, no, no, no. The owner didn't keep two. The the wholesaler kept two. Oh. The owner sold all of them. The wholesaler oh, okay. bought two of them and I bought 10. Okay, I got you. Showed up in court now. What was your plan with the 10 properties? Were you planning on flipping the homes, buy and hold? Like, what was your strategy? Buy them, figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> the original plan, honestly, was to own or finance them all. That mm. was the original plan. I wanted to 
put money into all of them and I want to finance them all. But mm-hmm. and then because the goal was to actually sell them to the attorney friend who loves to buy notes. So that was the goal. Get them performing, sell them. But because of that time crunch, it has to at least perform for some time before I can sell the note at a really good price. That's been And then they have, you have one more. What'd you do with the last one after that one? I kept it. It's a duplex. I literally just fi- finished it last month and got tenants in it. So it was, yeah, the duplex is the one I kept for myself. Okay, awesome. Mm-hmm. So how many doors do you have yourself? Seven doors. I sell my notes a lot. I need to stop doing that. I've, I sell about five notes a year. Really? <laughs> yeah. Why, what's your... Why do you have the propensity to sell? Like, do you not? One of the, that's a good question. One of the things like my mentors would tell me, you don't want to keep so many notes under one portfolio, under one entity, because if someone wants to sue you, you know, and I keep, and I still have that one entity. So I'm like, oh, I'm at risk. Let me sell. And then you have the laws in Texas that, you know, talks about once you hit that five, you're considered a, a deal broker, I believe. Mm-hmm. as well and so you know we're, we're following dodd frank law for sure when it comes to qualifying our buyers and things like that but you know once you hit that so i just need to boss up on that side but you're talking specifically owner finance deals right like you have seven that are owner finance oh no no just like no 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 seven doors for for uh rentals okay yeah. seven okay. properties seven and properties. then you owner financed out Lots. I have five that are on. I have so seven doors from a rental standpoint. Five on five right now for on owner okay. finance standpoint. Wow! Wow! Where do you? Where are your deals coming from right now? Besides like having the people advertise on the trucks, which is amazing. Uh, where are your deals coming from? So texting, you know, cold calling, direct mail, all of the above. Okay, one of our listeners said, "Does she come from money?" Well, I look like it. <laughs> Girl, you look, look like money queen. I'm telling you. I got a lot of like money. I want it brain. I want it brain. No, I don't come from my mom was a single mom. I wish. No, I do not come from money. My mom was a single mom till I was about 12, 13. I remember days of they, we called them candlelight days, you know. Then no, we were, you know, my mom made made it fun. I, you know, my mom was a young mom, so she she took care of me and my brother really well. She she definitely instilled those core values, you know, and those those spiritual values for sure. I guess it's because of what you said about the education and how much money you spent on everything. That was maybe why that question came up. <laughs> oh no. So you know, uh, this sounds bad, but Rich Dad will walk you through. I didn't I had great credit before I got into real estate. And I didn't know even how to like get lines or credit. They got me a line of credit to pay for that. Of I and didn't Maria even know about say, it. Maria said that happened with her when she did that last one. They showed her how to up her credit card limits and stuff. Literally three. I, I, I went from one to four credit cards over a weekend from going to a seminar. Dang. Oh so, yeah, yeah. This is also a testament. I'm sorry. It's huh? a testament though about like how going to trade school versus going to like a university and racking up a whole bunch of student loan debt. Like you were yeah. able to go to trade school, go ahead and make money, work on your credit, oh, yeah. and then come back and leverage it. Like that's brilliant. Yeah. And it's between that and the money I had saved up from the money I was making from construct. I mean, I had a pretty good amount saved up and 
my dad was like, so you just gonna spend all your savings. <laughs> <laughs> like all your money. I believe, I believe in this, dad. I believe in it. Mm. <laughs> Robert got all your money again. <laughs> but it's i mean it worked out like you said okay so it worked out so at the end of the day it worked so many people they don't do it i'm like how do you spend that and don't do anything with it you know yeah what advice would you give to like a young person who is maybe kind of trying to make a decision on you know what path they want to take um like somebody's telling them they need to go to college but they don't really know if they want to be a plumber you know but like what advice would you give them on how to like take next steps for success? I do not have any children. Let me just say that. So I don't know. Auntie, Auntie Queen. Auntie Queen. <laughs> it just depends on, I mean, because at that age, you don't really, I mean, I knew that's weird, but I, because I know myself and blah, 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 but you don't really know yourself. So it's okay to try different things. I would advise, like, I have a little sister, and, you know, we're, my mom never pressured us into education at all. Thank God. My dad didn't either. Like they were on board when I said, Hey, I want to be a plumber. And they're like, okay, all right. You can do that. You know, my dad was like, I ain't got to pay for it. Okay. All right, you can do that. <laughs> you know? I just, yeah. But my little sister, she's trying different things to see what she likes. My mom does not uh, push her back, so to speak. Like, you know how some parents put themselves and their, the, the idea of what they want you to be on you. Mm-hmm. Well, just watching her and my stepdad parent my my little sister like they they see what she's good at and then they let her explore that so she like mm-hmm. like playing the piano so they're like all right let me, let's give you a piano teacher you know mm-hmm. oh she ain't like that she likes learning by ear okay well, we're not gonna do that she loves <laughs> <laughs> she loves to design clothes let's let's uh, give her a sewing machine uh she don't like that part of designing she literally just only loves designing clothes and so now <laughs> Like drawing them. <laughs> That's it. Shoes and boots, boots and, and dresses. That's what she does. And so now, um, actually, she, my sister, wants to get into graphic design. Okay. So, but, you know, exploring, give your child and give yourself the space to explore what you think you might be interested in. Yeah, Find yeah. yourself. And then when you're 25, you realize you don't know anything and you got to find yourself again. You're 35. <laughs> um, Okay, speaking of finding yourself, what is your favorite strategy and why is it your favorite investment strategy? I like owner financing. Owner financing is great. If you have the right lender in place that knows what you're doing, understands it, um, it's like getting a wholesale fee up front and rental income for the 30 years or the duration of a home. And then if you ever want to sell it, that's like a flip deal when you sell it because you can sell it at a higher price. So you're getting paid multiple times off of one deal. That's what I would pay yes. once. And that's why it's goes this year. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Queen. We're well, gonna talk more about that on Thursday or tomorrow. <laughs> okay. So like we really enjoyed you being here and sharing your positive energy and good advice. It's time to have a little fun. It's okay. time for rapid fire. Okay. Do we have a noise for rapid fire? We probably should insert that in, Courtney. Yeah, Courtney's good with the noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so this is just a We'll work on that one. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a series of like fun questions to get to know better, okay? You just say the first thing that comes to your mind. 
popsicles. No, not <laughs> That is hilarious. That is hilarious. <laughs> we, we're going to ask you the question. We're going to ask you the question. <laughs> I'm gonna put that in there. She like, I want a popsicle. That is hilarious. Popsicle. What is the first thing that comes to your mind? Blank. Pause. Go. Popsicle. No, that is gonna be new. You just started something new. That was amazing. <laughs> okay. What's the first thing that comes to my mind right now? All right, Queen. So each of us, right? The three of us are gonna ask you a question, right? One of our favorite questions. Okay. And so, ooh, so I'm already gonna go first. So the first thing is uh, music, right? So. Just got a deal, just um, you know, landed it or got the deal done, it's over, you're celebrating. What's the song you're celebrating to? Jill Scott Golden. Live my life like it's golden, golden, live my life like it's golden. <laughs> I like it. All right. Shout out to Jill too. Jilly Jilly from Philly has a podcast that is absolutely I'm dope. Yeah. Have you listened to the podcast? No, I haven't. Nah, she's hilarious. She's hilarious. I would I would recommend it. Check it out. She's my first concert. Really? That's yeah, dope. She, she, Which, opened my, she opened my eyes that I can write anything when it comes to poetry. I was like, oh, I can write about that? Fun fact about Queen, she also does poetry. Yeah. <laughs> That's dope. Queen, I, All right. I have an extra Jill Scott poetry book if you want it. It's yours. Which one? The 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 days, the hour, the days, the moments, the hours? I have it. Oh. I got that one. Okay. All right. Well, good. I'm talking to a I'll real Jill Scott fan. Yeah, I love Jill Scott. I am his You may have to slide it over here. I'll take it. I'll put it in rotation. Okay, then we'll give it to Kim. We'll read it to her. <laughs> y'all, okay, I can read some poems, y'all. <laughs> Sorry, Queen. The inside joke is that Kim, I almost said Kim can't read. Kim doesn't read. <laughs> she Let's can't read. I can read. I used to read. I am old school. I read books. Like, read books. They listen to Audible. Look at her face. Look, y'all got I don't read for real. No, I finished. No, I read. I read, and I listen to audiobooks. But I have not gotten into audiobooks, and yeah. that's the—they've been trying to get me into it this whole year. And I am an old school, like read a book. I just don't have the time because I have two small little kids. And Courtney's gonna say I have three, and I still read. But <laughs> my goal last year—no, I don't. I don't read anymore. I okay, really okay. don't. Like I'll glance at the book. But, um, and I'll just do, you know, like pick up, like if somebody recommends a chapter, but no, you're right. Like it's hard to read with children and it's hard to read when you're trying to run businesses. So I have not gotten into Huh? You drive. Yeah, but see, here here goes another one. I listen to music when I drive or silence. Always have to. I mean, that's where I get a lot of my audible. I, the business books, I can't read them. They suck sometimes. So I listen to them because I still need that information. Like, you know, The Power of Zero, which is about tax strategies. Who wants to read a book on tax strategies? But listening to it, it's great. Profit First is hard to read that book, but you need it for your business if you want to profit and focus on profits first. I listen to it. I listen to it. I should just put that, like, mm. it's so, we've been fighting this battle. Literally since Octavia first. Butler Kindred, I just finished that book. That book, oh my God. Which what book is that? Kindred. What is it called though? Kendrick. Oh, it's called Kendrick? Yeah. I thought that was the person yeah. that wrote it. I thought the name was Octavia Arthur. Butler, I think is her name. Oh. Octavia Butler. That's the actress, huh? No, it's Octavia Spencer. My bad. I'm all the way off. That was close wow. though. I was about to say the same thing, Courtney. Don't even. Thank you. Oh. will hook you from the moment you read it. Kendrick will, you said? Kendrick. I got to 
I gotta take a look at it. I did read Robert Kiyosaki's his tax attorney, his tax guy, his book. So we'll have to check that out. Sorry about that. We that's kind of like the running like inside joke about books we can. We give her a hard time, but she she gets the information one way or the other, and she just like she talks with it. Okay, Kim, it's your turn for a question. Okay. When you, okay, it's hard to say when the world opens back up again, because we don't know when that's happening, but when you can travel again for real, where are you going? I don't know. My first thought was Arizona, but I just went. So I really want to go to Yellowstone National Park, though, when it opens back up. Okay. Are you like a hiker or? Yeah. Uh, you know. Or not really, but I'll do it. You know, I, I, my first hike was the Grand Canyon. Never do that on your first try. I almost died. That's the closest I ever got to God, though. I, I'd never cried so hard, but I, I thought I was gonna die. I said, I'm so stupid. And I'm with experienced hikers. They didn't ran down and ran back up. I'm on mile two. I said, man, <laughs> miles to go. You know, it was a wild Yellowstone. I just think what do you want to go do there? It just seems beautiful. I didn't realize it was a volcano until someone told me. And I was like, well, I'm black, so I don't think I want to go, but I do want to go. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to take your advice. I'm just going to stick to YouTube for the Grand Canyon. I want to jump out there and try to hike. <laughs> well, they have markers. So I stopped at mile three because I said, you know, if I keep going, I'm going to really die. Because there's no handrail. There's no other way to get back up but to either go all the way down and fly on a helicopter that you got to pay for or walk back up. How expensive is the helicopter? <laughs> I might be on the helicopter. Yeah, you got to get there first, though. It's 12 miles. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, you at mile three, you I didn't even. No. Courtney made the right decision. Courtney's a hiker though, but mm -mm, I'm gonna get to Bob Mile Three. Yeah, I did set in uh what's the national park here? I'm drawing a blank. In California? Bay oh, Area. I'm, oh. Merwoods? Is that it? <laughs> like, we got a national no. park in Texas. No, <laughs> she's talking about in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have a bunch of them, but there's people that do like national park tours and that's their thing. I know a family, they go to every national park uh, once a year and they tour uh, national parks. Yeah. Uh, you got Yosemite Hello. National Park. That's where I went. That's where I hiked at Yosemite. And then somebody, somebody freaking died because there are no rails. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that was a good. <laughs> she really might go do a hike every year. If you can do the canyon though, you can do anything else. But I, yeah, I learned a big lesson. Don't just jump on every road trip with your friends. Yeah, God forgive me. That was not the way that was story was meant to go. But yes, <laughs> yeah. Gotta stick to the rivers and the lakes that you used to. Exactly. Yeah, Man, hiking is dope. Good. I burned the most cat. My watch went crazy when I finished hiking. It was like, whoa, what the hell did you do today? So I highly recommend it. I mean, I like doing it like up the waterfalls and stuff when I'm, you know, in other, you know, the rainforest and stuff like that. And Austin actually has some really good trails. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm not sure I'm ready for, for what y'all talking about. Well, no. You did the rainforest though? 
That's pretty much right. That's got to be right up there. <laughs> but you're in, you're in a forest, so there's no like, I mean, yeah, you could fall, but it's not like a hike. It's like a, it's a walk up <laughs> like this. It's not a hike up like this. You get bit by anything. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Like, the bug spray, girl, the bug spray. And then you get to the waterfall. Hmm? Everything's poisonous. The snakes. Yeah, but there's trails in there. So it's not like, I'm right there with you. <laughs> the it was a lot of fun. I've done it a couple of times. I did it in Costa Rica. It was a great trip. Costa Rica. I yeah, and a waterfall. Okay. All right, it's my turn for a yeah. question. Okay, Queen. So since you like popsicles, <laughs> which I guess means you like ice cream too, and you're from Texas, What's your, let me ask the question first. What's your favorite bluebell ice cream flavor? Really? I mean, cookies and cream. <laughs> but I like Tillamook. Who? You like, like Tillamook? What the hell is that? Over Bluebell? Let me put you on this. Bluebell you need to try some Jenny's. Bluebell Jenny's. Killing people. Who? Jenny's. J E N N I E S. I'm trying to tell you. Once you eat that, you'll never eat Telemook again. I'm trying to tell you. What is Telemook? I've never heard of it. It's ice cream. They make cheese. They're like big and dairy. I like their cheese. They make like a really good aged cheddar that you would love, Kim. I might have seen that in the cheese, but I damn sure. It's black. It's like 14 years. I'm just not okay with the Bluebell standard. What do you like? Bluebell. Butter pecan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's truly Southern. That's truly Southern. Yeah. Actually, I do keto now, so I have to eat a uh, halo top. That cardboard, it's, yeah, it tastes like cardboard. You don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to, though. Why not Sherbert? <laughs> choices. You can't do Sherbert ice cream. <laughs> Too much sugar. Oh, uh, yeah. For you. That's true. I live vicariously through other people who can eat ice cream, so that's what I wanted to have. And I went to school near the Bluebell Cream Factory, and let me tell you, that is the best ice cream ever when it's fresh in the factory. It's so good. But they keep killing people. Girl, ain't nobody died since, uh, what was that, five years? That's five years ago. That's older. <laughs> but you ain't heard of Tillamook killing nobody. Okay. That's because it's not delicious. They keep recalling Bluebell. Bluebell gets a call recall every year. No, they didn't have one in 2020 if, or in 2021. If, if they, they did. did. Well, I don't remember that. Cookies Girl, and cream. that licked the top oh, of the ice cream. Okay. It's not sealed. That's why I like Tillamook. It's sealed. Bluebell's oh. not sealed. Anybody yeah. can lick that. That sounds weird. Pause. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what else is good? Talenti. Oh, I do like Talenti. I do like Talenti. I haven't had them write that down. Oh, Talenti's good. That's that. It's five now. It's five dollars a little pint. Jenny's <laughs> tops all of that. I'm trying to tell y'all what I know. Is that in Talenti? I know that it is. This stuff like take um, it's like almost like butter. It just melts. Yeah, it's, it's like I don't know. I guarantee you, my Jenny's will go head for head with anything you list out. Mm, okay. I, I promise you. Give it a try. It a try. try. Is that here? Is it in Texas or is it in California? It's everywhere. No, I think it's everywhere. It's a national. Because Bluebell's not everywhere. Bluebell, yeah, that's true. Bluebell isn't anywhere. 
I found out about Jenny's when uh, Nancy Pelosi, uh, they looked in her refrigerator and they were like, man, what is all of these, like, what is this whole row of this? And so everybody kind of like went out and like tried it, right? And so I was one of those people that went out and tried it and I was like, oh, snap. This is the best thing I've ever had in my life. All right. You only need a little bit. You only need a little bit of it. Okay? It's so rich. You only need just a just a wet palette. Oh, I'm telling you. I promise you. You're gonna you're gonna reach out to me. You're gonna be like, damn, Courtney, why you do that? Oh, I can only buy this at home. No, Cox. Cox got it. Cox Farm Market. Where is Cox Queen? We did got sidetracked. Ice right. cream is a big deal. Thank you for throwing out them popsicles. See, that was crucial. <laughs> so we just want to say thank you, of course, for joining us and for just sharing your experience and your journey and your expertise with us. We Absolutely. really appreciate it. Um, where can the people find you? Uh, in Dallas. <laughs> Social media. What are your social, social media, media platforms? Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. Uh, I am. <laughs> and on Facebook, as Queen <laughs> Johnson. I'm going with the red hat. On Instagram, I am House Buying Queen. LinkedIn, I'm Queen of Johnson. Okay. Pinterest, I'm Queen of Johnson. I don't know what it is. No, you're good. Say Pinterest. <laughs> okay, cool. I like it. Well, thank you, Queen. I really appreciate it. You have definitely lived up to the name for sure. I really appreciate you dropping all the gems. I feel like we could just go into like the other 79 deals that you didn't did and just have another 79 shows. So I hope that you uh, come back on and we would love to just break down some more. We definitely could have dive deeper into those numbers. Okay. Yeah. Just let me know. All right. Awesome. Podcast, so I was freaking out. Oh, well, welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah, you did awesome. good, girl. You did good. You did good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Thank you, Queen. Thank you. Bye. Bye.